Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy uh, Warfare Tournament. Uh, this is part four of our greatest tag teams. Hopefully, you've uh, joined us on the other Wednesdays for the other three editions. Tonight, we'll find out who is joining the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, and the Dudley Boys as the final four in our tournament to be decided later on tonight. Uh, during the Scumbags Wrestling uh, podcast, which you can catch live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at 10 o'clock, right after AEW Dynamite. I'm going on vacation, so we're getting this all done in one night. Um, joining us, as always, is from Toronto, Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you doing? This is going to be a long day. Yeah, between uh, determining this uh, bracket and then going into uh, Scumbags Wrestling and I'm watching AEW as well, that's going to be enough. Plus, you know, we've uh, caught up on uh, WWE pay-per-views such as uh, Payback and a lot of news to go on. So we'll see what happens later tonight, but we will decide the final four and the fourth uh, person right now or fourth team right now. We're also joined by... Jonesy from Niagara Falls. How are you? I'm just great. Awesome. Uh, everything's there? Yeah, everything's... It's it's a nice day. A, a chance of rain, though, I believe. Yeah, it's been... It's hard, to tell, it's hard to tell on Wednesday exactly what the weather is going to be like. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to play the uh, last video of the... Uh, Tournament bracket, and uh, Stephen, you can run down who is participating tonight. Our list for today. Steven, so, do you want to run down what we're talking about? Yeah, so match one is going to be the Midnight Rockers or the Rockers versus the North. Match two is Public Enemy versus the Bar, which is Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, match three, Harlem Heat versus the Natural Disasters. Match four, Demolition versus Edge and Christian. Match five is War Machine or Viking Raiders uh, versus the Dark Family. Match six is the Funks, which is Terry and Dory. Dory. There's like 1,800 of them versus uh, the Dream Team. Uh, 
Match seven is the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, which is Gene and Ole Anderson versus the Colossal Connections. And match eight is the world's greatest tag team, which is uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin versus Road Warrior Buck and Balding Buck, the Young Bucks. Excellent. So that is our list for tonight. We'll find out who is joining the other and three teams. You, and only if you listen to Jim Cornette, you'll get the Young Buck reference. For sure. Um, that gets me started on the first round, uh, which has the Midnight Rockers, or as most people would know them as the Rockers, taking on the North. Uh, the Rockers consisted of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. They worked in the AWA, uh, NWA uh, Central States, Continental Wrestling Federation, Continental Wrestling Association, and of course, most people re recognize them from the WWF. They were together from May of 1985 until January 92, when that infamous day on the barber shop where Shawn Michaels super kicked shot, uh, Marty Jannetty and Marty uh, dove through the window to escape, if you believe Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, so they were ranked number 33 in the top 100 tag teams of all time in the uh, PWI 2003 rankings that they did. And uh, for titles, they won the AWA tag team titles twice, the Central States title uh, once with the NWA, Continental uh, Wrestling Association twice, and of course, we've talked about it a couple times uh, in the other episodes where when we talked about the Hart Foundation, was they won the WWF uh, tag team titles on a recording of uh, Saturday Night's main event, um, there was some dispute over what happened because the top rope ended up breaking. Jim Ninehart was possibly on his way out, but then things got settled. And instead of editing the video to show on Saturday Night's main event and the Hart Foundation staying together, uh, Vince and company decided let's not acknowledge Sean and Marty as the tag team champions, even though they also did defend them against Power and Glory on a house show after uh, that title uh, exchange did happen. But because it didn't happen on TV, it didn't happen uh, is the mentality there. So they unfortunately were never WWF tag team champions. And even after they came in, they were uh, – touted as being tag team experts, the specialists for tag teams. Um, obviously, Sean's career went a lot higher than Marty's, uh, and unfortunately, also people say that if you're the weaker side of a tag team when it breaks up, you're essentially the Marty Jannetty of a whatever tag team you're part of. Marty, unfortunately, also has not had the greatest uh, career post-Rockers uh, teaming with Leaf Cassidy, uh, Al Snow, but multiple firings from WWE after being brought back, almost reteaming with Sean. Uh, he was supposed to be part of uh, the reformation of the Rockers going against uh, Vince and Shane, but he got fired after his second appearance and they reverted to uh, DX. So unfortunately, all these attempts of having the Rockers do whatever didn't happen. And in years also, Sean was one who baptized Marty when he found religion too. Flipping over to the North, some good old Canadian boys, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. 
they have been on the independent wrestling scene since 2011. Uh, their initial teaming together started in 2011 and went through to 2015 and then has been resurrected in 2019 to current where they were the longest reigning impact wrestling tag team champions up until recently when the motor city machine guns took it from them. Um, so as I said, they yeah, formed in 2011 as uh, monster mafia was their thing. Uh, they worked as I said in the independence uh, starting in 2011, went to ring of honor in 2013 to 2014. They worked PWG in 2015. As far as tag team titles go, Alpha One Tag Team uh, Champions one time. Not surprised, considering I believe Alpha One is Ethan Page's uh, organization. Uh, they were Fringe Pro Wrestling uh, Champions one time. Insane Wrestling uh, League one time. International Wrestling Cartel one time. Uh, wrestling Revolver one time. PWG once and Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions one time. As I said, the longest reigning uh, champions in recent history. And they even uh, were awarded the 2019 Tag Team of the Year by Impact Wrestling. Now, coming down to my vote on this one, people might actually be surprised by this, but I'm going with the North. Not out of patriotism, but over the fact that They've been together a lot longer. They traveled around uh, different organizations longer. And when you look at what Gennady and Michaels did, they weren't able to get the big one uh, either. Uh, and so all their titles are also in somewhat minor leagues, given uh, the stature of AWA at the time when it, they were titled uh, champions and contenders. It wasn't on fire like it had been. They were barely a number three uh, company at the time. So because of all that, as much as I am a fan of the Rockers, I'm going with the North. Steven. See, and I see Impact TNA less than the Miners. So my vote's going to be for the Rockers. Um, the North, if this was from five, ten years from now, probably the North will have a better resume but the north really is only one one title in a recognized company um to most wrestling fans um which would be impact and even then there's been no challengers until recently uh at least in the awa even though it was a dying company they still had some tag teams that the midnight rockers could wrestle and then when the Midnight Rockers turned into the Rockers and ended up in WWE. They had a lot of good matches. I mean, if that rope doesn't break, they're WWE Tag Team Champions. So I'm going Midnight, Midnight Rockers. Chris, you get to break this. Break the tie. Well, I mean, the, the Midnight Rockers, as far as I'm concerned, they've done more. Uh, I don't care how long the other team's been around. Uh, even with a Marty Jannetty, uh, the Rockers, they did win those belts. But because of a time continuum problem, the WWF decided, oh, no, it didn't happen. Well, we see on tape that it happened. So, you know what? The Midnight Rockers, they deserve it, and they're going for it. There we go. 
So that brings us to our second uh, matchup of the day. Public Enemy against The Bar. So we're going to start with The Bar, which is made up of Cesar and Seamus. They started randomly. Well, they were part of, and I want to say they were both part of the international team in the WWE, whatever the hell they were called, with Alberto Del Rio, Wade Barrett. I don't know. They, they, every, every foreign person seemed to be together at that. They debuted in September 26th of 2016. They disbanded in April 22nd of 2019, basically because there was injuries. Um, they were on Raw from 2016 to 2018, mainly feuding with The New Day, um, Gallows and Anderson, Enzo and Cass. Trying to think. The Hardy Boys towards when the Hardy Boys came back. Um, then they were moved over to SmackDown as part of the shakeup. Um, they faced Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Um, the New Day again, because the WWE only has like three tag teams. Um then basically there was I'm trying to think if it was Cesaro or Sheamus had the injury. One of them had an injury and basically they disbanded. Um Sheamus. oh Sheamus, yeah. So Sheamus left and they came, uh Cesaro went on to a little singles run and now he's with uh Shinsuke Nakamura. They're a four-time Raw tag team champion, one-time SmackDown tag team champion, and they were 2018 WWE Tag Team of the Year. You got Public Enemy started uh, teaming in 1993, disbanded in 2002. That's because um, people died, which is awkward. They wrestled in ECW, uh, WCW, NWA, WWF. Um, they won titles everywhere they went except the WWF, um, which is unfortunate because I think they could have um, had uh, an interesting run if WWE would have trusted them. Rocco Rock died in 2002 and Johnny Grunge unfortunately died in 2006. Um, I think most people recognize them from other, um, from WCW and WWE, but their biggest run really was in ECW when they with the gangsters um which was if you watch it it was bloody and gruesome um Cactus Jack and Terry Funk at Hardcore Heaven in 1994 which was another bloody mess the Dudleys then they went to WCW from uh, 96 to 98 um they really didn't do much. They, I, I know they won their WCW title against Harlem Heat in 96. I want to say their title reign lasted like a week. Here it says eight days, but I don't think it was that long. Um, then they returned to ECW and uh, WWF and WCW all in 99. 99 to 2000, they were all over the place, all mainly independents. 
Um, titles they've won, four-time ECW Tag Team Champion. They're both in the Hardcore Hall of Fame. Uh, I Generation Superstars of Wrestling, Tag Team Champion twice, Main Event Championship Wrestling, uh, Tag Team Champion once, NWA Tag Team Champions once, NWA United States Tag Team Champions out of New Jersey once, um, New Wave Championship uh, Wrestling Tag Team once, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champions once, which I believe was Dusty Rhodes' little promotion. Yeah. Uh, Universal Wrestling is champ Alliance Tag Team Champions once. WCW Tag Team Champions. They've also won IPW Tag Team Champion and MCW Tag Team Champions. I'm going public enemy. Unfortunately, the bar just was not together. They weren't together long, and there was only, like I said, there wasn't a lot of tag team competition. Don't get me wrong. The bar was amazing and still could be amazing, but they just weren't together long. They were together three years. Public Enemy was together a long time, wrestled, and every promotion going. Unfortunately, the only t- uh, they didn't win the big one in WWE, but they did win in WCW, ECW. So I'm going Public Enemy. Jonesy? Yeah, Public Enemy to me is uh, they're just below Nasty Boys as far as popularity and all that. They were just a little lower than them. Uh, very similar type of tag team. They relied more on um, hardcore uh, intimidation and stuff like that. If they would have added an armpit uh, stop to the whole thing, you know, they probably would have got the WWE championship. But um, to me, it's public enemy. The bars just two guys slapped together, though they were good. Um, public enemy for me is the better tag team. Well, it looks like we have our first sweep of this uh, tournament because, yeah, I might not have been the, best, the biggest fan of Public Enemy. They were, um, as you just said, Jonesy, they were basically a newer version of uh, Nasty Boys. But they got to travel a lot of different places. They won a lot of tag team uh, titles. Had they not really pissed off Farouk and uh, Bradshaw, which was uh, basically their uh, end to their time in WWE, and they uh, really potatoed and stiffed them a lot during that uh, match because they weren't listening, and I guess they might have, uh, if you listen to Bruce Pritchard, um, I guess Public Enemy came off and rubbed people the wrong way, and that's why they didn't last long. But, yeah, if it hadn't been for that, who knows? The story putting uh, Sheamus in... Uh, Cesaro together was started after McFoley forced them and did a best of seven series, I believe. But their tag team division rivals were rather weak when you're just hot potatoing back and forth between either the Usos or the New Day. Uh, so I think they were just basically a victim of a lack of uh competition. They could have probably been a better tag team, uh, and more recognizable. In, the, in that regards, but Public Enemy is uh, taking it for me. Which brings us to match number three, and that is Harlem Heat against the Natural Disasters, Jonesy. Well, Booker T and Stevie Ray, uh, they started uh, as the Huffman brothers in Western 
uh, wrestling scene. Uh, then they join the Global out of Dallas as the Ebony Express with the guidance of Gary Hart. Uh, they rose through the ranks, collecting three tag uh, titles, including their feud with the Bad Breed, uh, Axel and Ian Rotten, before signing with WCW. Uh, they started in WCW in August of 93 as Kane and Cole as Harlem Heat. And in their first year, they were in uh, a War Games match teaming, teaming with Vader and Sid Vicious. That is huge for them. They just got into WCW and they're thrown into like a huge main event. Uh, 94 saw them with Sister Sherry as their manager and uh, the, their names then went back to Booker T and Stevie Ray having won their first of seven WC, uh, WCW title reigns in less than two years. Uh, once they lost the tag titles for the seventh time, um, by October 96, they dumped Colonel uh, Robert Parker and turned babyface. In July of 97, they dumped Sister Sherry for Jacqueline, um, who didn't last long and jumped to the WWF. Booker would win the WCW title while Stevie Ray was rehabbing his ankle. Stevie Ray would return uh, with his brother after a stint with the NWO and Harlem Heat would win three more tag titles, making it an even 10 in WCW. Harlem Heat would break up and only a crappy new version called Harlem Heat 2000 would last for a short time. Uh, however, on February 21st of 2005, Booker T and Stevie Ray would re reunite in reality of wrestling's the final heat event defeating the new heavenly bodies for the ROA tag belts. They are in the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, the, the GWF tag titles, uh, tag team of the year, PWI in 95 and 96, ranked 62 of 100 in 2003, uh, Reality of Wrestling tag champs, uh, the WCW tag champs 10 times, and um, both of them won the World uh, Television Championship. And they are in the WWE Hall of Fame of 2019. Now we'll move on to the natural disasters. Earthquake and Typhoon. Uh, John Tenta and Typhoon will put together with Jimmy Hart as their manager. It was first revealed that Jimmy Hart signed Andre to form a tag team with Earthquake. But it was a bupkis as a couple of weeks later, Tugboat turned on the Bushwhackers in a match enjoying Earthquake dropping his seller outfit for the Typhoon gimmick. Uh, they would have a major feud with LOD, then turning face as they feuded with Jimmy Hart's Money, Inc., who Hart gave the Natural Disasters a title shot match to Money, Inc. instead. Eventually, the Natural Disasters won uh, the tag belts, uh, finally for their only time from Money, Inc. in July of 92. Uh, they split and both left the company, but did come back for... WrestleMania 17 for the gimmick Battle Royal, but not as the natural disasters, but as Earthquake and Tugboat. And Earthquake is the one who eliminated Tuggers from that. Um, the only thing they got together was the SWS Tag, uh, tag Team Championship once and the WWF Tag Team Champion uh, once. Um, Earthquake and Typhoon, I, I think they were a great tag team. I think they could have done so much more with them. Uh, could have had a long, long longevity. I think the problem with having two big guys like that is, I mean, it's hard for the tag teams. A lot of them 
at the time to even believe that they could beat two huge guys like that, especially when Earthquake um, was a huge challenge to um, Hogan. Uh, really, I think they should have lasted a lot longer. Maybe it was because of uh, Typhoon's klutziness. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, Harlem Heat, uh, for me, get, gets that all the way. They been together for a long time they're real brothers they uh i mean their their music alone was fantastic so it's hard yeah so for me i am also going to agree with you uh chris on the fact that harlem heat i think against any other tag team here is going to be hard to beat um but the natural disasters, I like their uh, combination together. Uh, at one point, I guess Tugboat was supposed to become a sheik or something like that and go against Hogan at uh, WrestleMania 7. But that got scrapped because uh, Slaughter got there and it was a better fit to have him be the turncoat and uh, build up towards that. But it was another one of, uh, he was supposed to be another one of Hogan's friends turning on him, which they didn't end up doing. They just totally dropped any friendship they had. Uh, putting him with Earthquake was a little bit odd because Earthquake had put him out of uh, SummerSlam uh, 90, uh, being in Hogan's corner. But hey, who knows? A lot of things, water on their bridge, and let's be friends and be a tag team. Uh, basically in the uh, vein of the Twin Towers as well. Like, if they had been around at the same time against each other, that would have been a colossal uh, match that would have had to reinforce the ring, as uh, Gorilla Monsoon would say. But, yeah, Harlem Heat, hard to beat, uh, regardless of who they're against, uh, especially in the first round. Uh, so they're advancing. Steven? I mean, I think if the natural disasters, they would have drawn out the heel process a lot longer. Um, I think, like Jonesy said, I would have loved to see them be a tag team a lot longer. I think they had lags, but they're facing Harlem Heat. The only correction I have to make is Harlem Heat's last tag team title win in the reality of wrestling was 2015, not 2005, which is insane. Uh, yeah, that, that would be my uh, typo. I mean, it was Booker T's promotion so you had to have known they were going to go out the champions but it's still the insane and it's harlem heat for a 3-0 i think if natural disasters potentially face some uh, someone else they might have had a chance but they drew harlem heat that's like this next one this will be an interesting yeah you uh, get that, chris or sean I don't yeah know. it's me uh lucky for me because this morning as i was uh going through all the uh, ones that I'm definitely covering. I have all this for notes, and I print really tiny for demolition, and all this for notes on the Edge and Christian. And this, oh, it's going to be a really hard one because there's legends involved. So let's start off with uh, demolition. Uh, they formed in uh, January of. 87 and disbanded uh, officially May of 2017. 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, downtime in between that, obviously. But it started off with Axe and Randy Cauley as the original Smash. But that only lasted about a month because uh, people recognized him as one of the Moondogs. They were managed by also Johnny V. Smash ended up taking over a month later. and Or, sorry, Barry Darso as Smash uh, took over. And... By March, they got rid of Johnny V, who ended up going with the Dream Team, and they brought in Mr. Fuji. And Fuji was with them from March of 87 to November 88, when he turned his back on Demolition, doing the first ever double switch uh, that we saw on pay-per-view with Demolition turning face and Powers of Pain turning heel. And they were part of the Survivor Series teams where they were capping the heel and face team so it was kind of awkward on that one but they ended up going against each other wrestling five in a handicap match retained their titles um just a lot of extra history going on with that uh in 1990 they brought in crush brian adams um after wrestlemania six Axe had uh, been having some health issues, said they needed a uh, third person. And that was the first time also WWE started using sort of the Freebird rule. They didn't identify it as a Freebird rule, but they were using it to defend the tag team titles uh, between the three of them. Uh, they brought back Mr. Fuji in November 90 when they ended up helping uh, the Orient Express beat up uh, the Legion of Doom. And that's when... Uh, Jack Tunney made an announcement that there could only be two uh, members of Demolition at the time, and that's when Axe stepped away, and it was just uh, Smash and Crush at that time. Uh, their final match uh, for Smash and Crush was in September of 91. But in 2007, Axe and Smash reunited in Windsor uh, for a meet and greet, and then they teamed uh, later on in September, winning the uh, U.S. Extreme Wrestling uh, Tag Team titles. They won the Legends of Pro Wrestling, or were inducted into the Legends of Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2008. In July 2016, part of uh, the lawsuit with WWE uh, for traumatic brain injuries, and that was dismissed in 2018. That lawsuit is unfortunately probably the reason why they are not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Their last match together uh, was in March of 2017, when Axe finally did retire. Uh, looking at some of their titles, they won three-time WWF Tag Team uh, Champions by beating Strike Force at WrestleMania 4. They lost them to the Brain Busters, won them back from the Brain Busters, only to lose them to the Colossal Connection. So they were uh, involved with uh, Bobby Heenan a lot during that time. They won them back from Colossal Connection in uh, at WrestleMania 6, but lost them to the Hart Foundation in a best 203 Falls match at SummerSlam 90, 30 years ago. So that was their uh, run for WWE, FWE. Then they uh, got together in 2008 and were part of the uh, Shikara uh, Trios tournament with One Man Gang. They didn't win as a trio, but they did win the Tag Team Gauntlet. In March of 2010, they won the POWW Tag Team Titles in Illinois. They also are Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, one-time Tag Team Champions, Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, one-time, Universal Superstars uh, Wrestling, one-time, 
Cauliflower Alley Club Tag Team Award in 2015, uh, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2020, and PWI ranked them number 59 of tag teams, of the best 100, when they did their list in 2003. That's a long list for just demolition. Switching over to Edge and Christian, two more Canadians uh, involved here, Adam Copeland and Jay Resso, the uh, best friends from Orangeville. Uh, as we know, Edge won a uh, contest to be trained by Sweet Daddy Siki and also um, Ron Hutchinson. He ended up getting Christian in there as well. And so they worked uh, AWF uh, with Ron Hutchinson. Jonesy and I seen them. Uh, they also uh, were here at the Western Fair uh, when the Hart Brothers wrestling uh, took part there. And it was before they got picked up by WWE. Uh, they've also wrestled as uh, High Impact, Hard Impact, Suicide Blondes, the Canadian Rockers, Revolution X, uh, Rocket uh, Stampers, and uh, The Brood plus E&C, most people recognize them as. Um, they've been active from 1998 to 2001, then uh, again 2009 to 2011, and... Between 2014 and 2018, they did a lot of reunion stuff involving also uh, having their talk shows, the Peep Show, and uh, uh, I forget what Edge's uh, talk show was. But uh, Christian ended up inducting Edge into the Hall of Fame in uh, 2012. Now, looking at their history, though, they uh, Edge showed up as a singles uh, competitor then uh, Christian showed up in Hamilton uh, with Gangrel. They became the Brood, feuded with the Hardy uh, Boys after they uh, left the Ministry of Darkness because they were per part of that briefly. They uh, competed uh, for the services of Terry Reynolds in the Terry Invitational Tournament. Yes, it what spells tit. And they had a best uh, five series culminating in the first ever uh, tag team uh, ladder match at No Mercy. The next night, they had a standing ovation, uh, and they had mutual respect for each other, so it was an awesome moment for that. The Hardys did win that, though. Uh, later on, they became a, t a comedy tag team doing the five-second poses and everything, and different uh, making fun of cities, so they were still playing the heels. They formed a group with Rhino and Kurt Angle, uh, Team Wreck. Then eventually they broke up after Edge won the King of the Ring tournament. <clears throat> Edge's career soared, Christian's not so much. So unfortunately, he was somewhat the Marty Jannetty of the tag team, floating around from different uh, groups and tag teams and all over. Nothing uh, significant really for him, uh, even though he was the heel, Edge remained face. Christian had to leave WD to find some success uh, with TNA becoming their NWA champion and stuff like that. When he finally returned, they uh, teamed up occasionally. Uh, yeah, so when Christian left in 2005 for TNA, Edge uh, had, to, well, yeah, he was forced into retirement in 2011 due to neck issues. And Christian retired somewhat unofficially in December of 2013 when Jerry Lawler uh, mentioned about it. But it was confirmed by Christian himself in 2017, a lot of concussion issues uh, going on with him. 
We might have seen him just recently in the match with Randy Orton and getting his head booted, but they did some camera angles to make sure that he was actually not doing it. Uh, Edge did, though, return at the Royal Rumble, and so his career is being continued. As far as tag team titles and stuff like that, they are seven-time WWF tag team champions. They're part of a uh, number of tables, ladders, and chairs matches at WrestleMania and SummerSlams with the Dudleys and the Hardys, revolutionizing tag team wrestling at that time. And they were tag team uh, wrestling, wrestling tag team of the year uh, by the Observer in 2020. So that's a lot going on with them. Unfortunately, theirs was all contained WWE, but at the same time, mostly Axe and Smashes were as well. So comparing just even that, you got two really uh, different styles of tag team ages also going on at that time because both of them had some really good teams to go against. I am going to shockingly, well, maybe not so much, uh, go with Edge and Christian. It's not a shock, but because Demolition is one, considered one of the greatest of all times. So that's why I figure it's a little bit of an upset, but it's Edge and Christian. So could go either way. Steven. I'm going Demolition. I'm a huge mark for Demolition. I think they were true, much more of a true tag team. Edge and Christian, I don't find them as much of a true tag team. Um, demolition from their entrance, from the music to the, the head pieces to the whole, the face paint, they were probably one of the top, I don't know, five or six tag teams around. Don't get me wrong, Ed and Christian were great, but they got into comedy and it just was not for me. So I'm going Demolition and Jonesy. You have to break this one. Yeah. Like I said, it can go either way. I love Demolition. Well, with Edge and Christian, <clears throat> I think they were the better wrestlers. Uh, when you, Even if you put throw crush in, crush in there. Uh, I mean, Demolition was great for their time. Their look was great. I mean, it was some people question it because of the SNM connection, but personally, I think it was just, I mean, it was like biker cool and all that. Um, but as in Christian achieved more in the WWE than Demolition did. They they had great matches, matches of the year, um, back to back, mind you, with the same teams, but um, uh, they won the tag team championship more uh if you're going with looks, then it's demolition. But Edge and Christian, to to me, they they weren't just good in the ring. They were fantastic on the mic with their five second poses and and stuff like that. Stuff that is not too to me. It's not too ridiculous. It's the right amount of comedy they did because they could back it up in the ring and they didn't let the comedy outdo what they were doing in the ring. Um, uh, Edging Christian. Yeah, and as far as it goes, also I was thinking with Demolition, 
It also depended on where you grew up watching wrestling. Some people thought they were a ripoff of the Legion of Doom, and others were saying the LOD were the ripoffs of Demolition. So I guess that's a, a good uh, thing in their regards that each one were considered ripoffs of each other. But yeah, it's so hard to see Demolition go by the wayside, but yeah, it could have gone either way. Which brings us on to our next matchup, which is... Me, War Machine versus the Dark Family. Yeah, there we are. So I'm going to start with the Dark Family. Uh, debuted in 2002. I can't pronounce these. Sorka and Servo. Um Obviously from Triple A. Um, I don't really know much about them. They're one three-time Triple A World Tag Team Champions. It's um, all I can really tell you about them because I don't know much about them. And then there's War Machine. Debuted uh, February 22nd of 2014. Hanson, depending on how, when you first saw them in ROH, um, they'd been Hanson and Rowe. Um, War Machine. Um, they've wrestled in New, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, ROH, like I said. Um, WWE, Insane Championship Wrestling, Revolution Pro, Progress. Pro Wrestling Gorilla, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, obviously TNA or um, NXT and WWE. Um, Hanson Rowe both participated actually in the Top Prospect Tournament in 2014. If you can find that on um, YouTube, definitely watch it. Or on, I think ROH has a um, streaming service. Uh, you could tell back then they both had something unique. Uh, August 22nd, 2015, War Machine defeated the Killer Elite Squad, which was David Boy Smith and Lance Archer in a non-title match um, for their GCH Tag Team Champions owned by uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, they received their title shot in Japan September 19th, um, but they lost to the Killer Elite Squad, which, again, if you can find Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer, the Killer Elite Squad on YouTube, watch them. It's actually pretty insane. Um, December 18th, at Final Battle, War Machine defeated the Kingdom, which was Matt Taven and Michael Bennett for the ROH Tag Team Champions. They lost them to The Addiction, which is uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Um, obviously, they signed to... Uh, WWE in 2018. Um, they were under War Raiders, which I wish they would have kept that, that name instead of the Viking experience. Um, and then the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Not a big fan of the Viking gimmick. Like, the complete jokes that they've become, which is unfortunate. They won uh, Brew City Wrestling Tag Team Champions. I, they're two-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. Um, Hanson was ranked 108 in the top 500 in 2018. 
2016. Uh, Roe was 97 in 2016. They're a one-time ROH Tag Team Champion, VIP Wrestling Tag Team Champion once, What Culture Pro Tag Team Champions once. They've obviously won the NXT Tag Team Championships once and the Raw World uh, Tag Team Champions once. I'm going um, Viking Raiders, War Machine, whatever you want to call them. Just They've been all over the world. Um, they're, they're just who I, I, I like. Jonesy. Uh, I pretty much agree with that. Um, I, I do like, I, I, I like the dark family. Uh, uh, Uno at first. Uh, no, you're thinking, uh, you're thinking the dark order. This is in the dark order. These guys are from AAA. Oh, okay. Well, Dark Family didn't sound like they did a lot, so I, I have to go with the other ones. <laughs> yeah, um, I had ended up picking Dark Family because I wanted to try and make sure we had something international going all over the place and, and have a, a team that was actually successful in um, another organization. Uh, that's why they yeah, came up because there's not a lot of successful tag teams uh, multi-times and stuff like that in AAA uh, that are recognition. Plus, these guys are younger and still around, so I want something to cover all aspects of um, wrestling from the different decades and different territories. Unfortunately, they might have gotten uh, better against somebody else, but Viking Raiders, War Raiders, War Machine, you name them, uh, they have got a lot more going for them. Uh, than Dark Family. So this is a 3 nothing advancement uh, with that one. And that moves us on to the Funks taking on the Dream Team. Okay, Jonesy. starting with the Funks. Uh, from the Funk family, Brother Terry and Dory Funk started wrestling in their father's wrestling promotion uh, Western State Sports as a team in singles matches. Uh, they wrestled in NWA Florida and in Japan and would join the WWF in 85. Uh, left there in 86. By this time, they both had held the NWA championship belt and tag belts in NWA and Southern uh, West and uh, tag match of the year uh, 80 in Japan. Uh, funk team with uh, Dory calling themselves Hoss Funk and Jimmy Jack Funk uh, Storyline Brother. They were managed by Jimmy Hart. Uh, soon they would be split and would be full-time uh, single wrestlers. They got a whack load of stuff they did. Uh, all Japan Pro Wrestling, all these different tournaments and awards that they got. Uh, the World's Strongest Tag Determination League, 77, 79, 82. I mean... The list goes on. It's huge. I'm not even going to bother going with them. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, six other in the tag uh, determination league, technique awards, distinguished service medals, uh, NWA Florida tag uh, championships twice, NWA North, uh, Georgia, a um, couple. Uh, yeah, so that was with Dory. Yep, yep. Uh, a tournament they won in NWA in 78, 
international tag team uh, with the NWA. I mean, just crazy. Uh, PW, I ranked them nine of the top 100 tag teams back in 2003. Uh, they also had the SCW World Tag Championships, uh, Tokyo Sports Match of the Year back in 80. Um, with Dory uh, versus Giant Baba and Jumbo Sutra, I believe is how you pronounce that, and then Western State Sports, uh, some NWA uh, peg belts there, four of those. Um, they're going against the Dream Team. Uh, the Dream Team was two single wrestlers put together by their managers, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine, managed by Luscious Johnny Valiant and Jimmy Hart. Uh, and then Valiant uh, just would do, uh, be the lone uh, manager later. They would feud with Steamboat and Santana and the U.S. Express, which they would finally capture the tag titles in 85 by cheating and putting a lit cigar in Wyndham's eye. Uh, they would feud with the Bulldogs and eventually lose the titles at WrestleMania 2. They would feud with the Bees and the Bulldogs. Uh, Dino Bravo would join the team just to push out Beefcake at WrestleMania 3. They did reunite uh, 16 years later in 2003 and sporadically teamed up and even won the BCW tag belts and the AWF uh, belts in 2013. Uh, they also, AWF tag champ or nothing that. Uh, ranked 94, the 100 best back in 2003, and um, they held the WWF tag belt once. I mean, it's it's the Funks. Um, Dream Team was, I, I think it was it was a great name. Two different styles, uh, but the Funks just they they did so much as a tag team, and then they went and both had big careers after that. So I mean, the Funks were just a small part of both of their wrestling careers. Uh, the Funks, they're just, they were a huge tag team back in the day. Yeah, so no matter how great two individuals are, when they're brought together, sometimes they just are that, two individuals who are brought together. Uh, Beefcake and Valentine really didn't impress me too much. I didn't see too much of them because I just started watching wrestling in September of 86, so they were on their downswing um, leading into WrestleMania 7 when Bravo kicked out Beefcake and Beefcake obviously became the barber and a uh, fan favorite. Uh, never a fan of uh, Greg Valentine's, even with Honky Duckman trying to do the uh, whole Elvish stick. Um, yeah, not uh, for me. The Funks, didn't really see them, obviously, because of uh, the timing. I do know Terry Funk uh, mostly from seeing them um, uh, doing stuff with Ric Flair, teaming with Cactus, fighting Cactus. Uh, did see their match at WrestleMania 2 when I saw that uh, video. And they've been obviously a tag team since birth. Uh, so you can't go wrong with a tag team that has that longevity uh, in its built-in self. So obviously I'm going with the Funks as well. The Funks. This was an easy decision. The Dream Team just never made it. So, 
Next one's going to be a fun one. Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus the Colossal Connection. Yeah. Okay, we switch over to there. Minnesota Wrecking Crew. We're going only with Gene and Oli because uh, Arn was used earlier uh, in the tournament with the Brain Busters and Four Horsemen with Tully Blanchard. Um, so they were together from 1969 to 1981 when Gene ended up retiring. Um, they worked a lot of the, well, mostly the NWA. Um, they held the Georgia Championship Wrestling uh, titles 11 time uh, for the NWA uh, Columbus uh, titles. The NWA Georgia titles they held seven times. NWA Macon uh, one time. NWA World, uh, the Georgia uh, version, one time. Then they also worked in Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, where they held the Mid-Atlantic Mid-Atlantic titles twice, the Atlantic Coast titles three times, and the NWA World seven times, and that was the uh, Mid-Atlantic version. Uh, They were the PWA uh, Tag Team of the Year in 1975 and 1977. Uh, Just in case anybody was counting or not counting, they had 32 titles in total uh, before Gene retired. And then eventually uh, Ole got Arn, uh, Marty Lundy, and uh, named him Arn Anderson, had him be a cousin of them. And so the Anderson name continued on. But they are going against the Colossal Connection. Andre the Giant and Haku, managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, they debuted together in 89 and disbanded in 1990. Uh, so it was late 89 that they got put together. Uh, I believe it was December of 89. They ended up beating uh, Demolition for the Tag Team Championships. They would uh, basically just feud with Demolition. They did uh, fight the Rockers and uh, Heart Foundation a couple times here and there on house shows, but they, it all led to a rematch uh, at WrestleMania Six in Toronto at Skydome. And we know that Andre wasn't uh, feeling the best at that time, so it was pretty much a handicap match with Haku against Demolition. Andre got in there a slight bit, uh, did his uh, famous I got tied up in the ropes uh, shtick that he, he enjoyed doing. Uh, but Haku took the uh, loss by uh, getting hit with the demolition decapitation. Demolition got their third and final tag team titles off them. But after the match happened, Bobby was blaming Andre for it and started uh, poking and slapping Andre. And uh, Haku tried for the super kick. Andre uh, hit them, got rid of them, and they left on their cart as Andre, well, actually, Andre left on the cart, should I say, as he uh, held his uh, hand up uh, proud to the fans who were cheering him as he was leaving. That was one of the last times, or that was his last match in WWE. Um, I think they might have done one more match against Demolition in Hawaii before he went to Japan. Uh, but it was non-televised, so WrestleMania was his last uh, televised match. We did see him come back and get uh, beat up by Earthquake, as was mentioned earlier. He was on crutches in the corner of uh, the Bushwhackers against uh, Natural Disasters out of SummerSlam. Felt sorry for him on that one, 
But as a tag team, Haku and uh, Andre only had the one tag team titles compared to 32. I don't care who Andre is teaming with. Minnesota Wrecking Crew obviously are the better tag team. Steven. Oh, I'm going Minnesota Wrecking Crew. They were a tag team. Colossal Connection was literally thrown together just to try to keep Andre on TV. Yep, without uh, Andre being in his prime, it was, I mean, it, it's Haku and a big, big hand slap coming at you. That's about it. So I'd, I'd say that's a sweep. Yeah. And it brings us to our final match of the first round. World's greatest tag team taking on the Young Bucks. So we'll start with the Young yeah. We'll start with the Young Bucks, uh, Balding Buck and Road Warrior Buck. Um, started teaming, or they debuted in August 8th of 2004. They're actual brothers. They like to do aerobatics. They've wrestled in um, ROH, New Japan, uh, AAA, PWG, TNA. They're obviously in uh, AEW. Um, they've won a lot of tag team championships, but mainly um, IWGP tag team champions once, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla tag team champions four times, ROH tag team champions three times. Um, I don't count the Observer or so, so-called Uncensored stuff because that's all their buddies write it. Um, AAA World Tag Team Champions once. House of Glory Tag Team Champions once. Mm, Demand Lucha Royal Canadian Tag Team Champions once. Uh, then you got the World's Greatest Tag Team, uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Um, debuted together uh, October 22nd of 2002, often on active right up until 2015. Um, they wrestled in ROH, WWE. I'm trying to think. I'm sure they've wrestled probably other places. Um, they are well, OVW. Um, they were the Pro PWI Tag Team of the Year in 2003, ROH Tag Team Champions twice, um, WWE Tag Team Champions twice, which is a shame. Um, I'm going the world's greatest tag team because I can't stand the uh, the acrobats of the Young Bucks. Jonesy. Uh, for me, the Young Bucks, uh, like... The world's greatest tag team don't have a chance against the Young Bucks. What the Young Bucks have done, like them or not, their style, uh, when they're in a good, <laughs> let's say, um, uh, New Japan, they are fantastic. Uh, there's, They have done more in their short time than, and they're not even done yet, than pretty much anyone has done. They've traveled everywhere. Uh, 
for me, it's easy. They that I, I vote Bucks. Yeah, um, having to put bias aside, looking at these two uh, tag teams, I do have to advance the Young Bucks. Uh, they are a good tag team. They're somewhat the uh, don't say it. Do not say what I think you're going to say because I will have to come to London and punch you in the throat. The remake of uh, the Do Hardy Boys. Oh, okay. The Hardy Boys I can live with because I don't care. I thought yeah. you were going to say the Rock and Roll Express, and I was going to get in a no. car, drive to London, and punch you in the throat. No, they. Well, they're trying to be the uh, new versions of those guys, just like the Rockers were. Uh, pretty much the uh, ripoffs of the Rock and Roll Express uh, in that regards. But you know, there's only one of those. Uh, yeah, just looking at them, I think they could be uh, a lot better than what they are. They, they come off really bad and arrogant, mind you, uh, and trying to be the cool kids uh, and what the, everybody likes, but not everybody likes the flippy stuff. However, I do have to advance the uh, Young Bucks over uh, World's Greatest Tag Team just because of our premise is what they've done as a team compared to other places. That doesn't mean they're going to make it out of the second round because they're going against the Andersons next. Okay, so I will recap the first round. We had the Midnight Rockers beat the North 2-1. Public Enemy beat the Bar 3-0. Harlem Heat beat the Natural Disasters 3-0. This might be the upset of the this bracket. Edge and Christian beat Demolition 2-1. War Machine beat the Dark Family 3-0. The Funks beat the Dream Team 3-0. Minnesota Wrecking Crew, which is Oli and Gene. Anderson beat the Colossal Connection 3-0. And Road Warrior Buck and Balding Buck beat the World's Greatest Tag Team 2-1. Any surprises, Sean, for the first round for you? Uh, definitely the uh, Demolition uh, loss, like, it's, it obviously could have gone either way, but when you throw in the fact that they somewhat were done after their three tag team titles and you threw in uh, Crush compared to what Edge and Christian did, it's understandable in that way. I love Demolition, like, no tomorrow, but when you see some of these things, it's like, ah, hard to not advance Edge and Christian. Chris, was there anything that surprised you? No, actually, every single one I picked uh, went through the first round. Two of mine That's didn't. the first. I've done terrible in my predictions up till now. Demolition and uh, World's Greatest Tag Team were the two that I got wrong. Um, so, second round, we're going to have the Midnight Rockers or the Rockers versus Public Enemy. Harlem Heat versus Edge and Christian. War Machine versus The Funks. Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus Balding Buck and Road Warrior Buck, The Young Bucks. Is there anything you're looking forward to this next round? Harlem Heat and Edge and Christian could be the interesting one, uh, really, of the whole matchup in the next round. Jonesy? I'm curious to see how far the Bucks uh, go. I, I really am. They are a fantastic team. Take away their comedic, comedic style, 
uh, I like the flippy stuff if it's done correctly, and I think that type, that style of wrestling is done properly in New Japan, but not so much here. Okay, so we're going to go on to the second round, and Jones, he gets to start Rocker's Public Enemy. All right. Uh, for me, I mean, the Rockers are a great tag team, but they didn't do a whole lot uh, as far as winning titles. Uh, they did get the WWF once, asterisk beside it, um, but the public enemy, they went a lot more places. Uh, and I, public enemy to me was entertaining every time they were out there. Yeah, their matches weren't always exciting, but if they were in a hardcore match, it, w it was fantastic. Um, for me, uh, public enemy is just, they're not a better wrestling tag team than the Rockers, but they are better as far as, I think they're more, they're bad, they're bad, uh, uh, perceived as bad guys who also worked as good guys, where the Rockers, they were just, for the most part, WWF, they were just always good. And to me, they were a weak-looking team because they were small, and everyone, pretty much everyone they faced was bigger than them. The only times they, they were really good is when they went against teams that were similar to their size, like Orient Express and the Rockers, I can just put that on replay all day uh, watching those guys go. But uh, for me, it's public enemy. I just think they're the, the better tag team. They've done, they've achieved more as far as a tag team. Well, it looks like Steven is going to be the tiebreaker here because I'm thinking and looking at these two teams and I'm like, oh, it's like the uh, Rock and Roll Express against Nasty Boys. It's just, Bizarro land versions of them, really. Um, I prefer tag team wrestling that has tells stories. I prefer tag team wrestling that looks smooth. And uh, public enemy, it was a lot of garbage wrestling. Uh, they weren't that the all the garbage and the as Dusty Rhodes would say the plunder would end up covering up for their misgivings and lack of ability. The Rockers were uh, deemed the uh, tag team specialists at the moment they stepped into uh, WWE by Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, if you look back at some of their matches with Doug Summers and Buddy Rose in uh, AWA, some of the greatest matches. Josie, you brought up the fact that uh, they were the best when they were going against teams their own size. And that makes me think of, as you pointed out, the Rockers against the uh, Orient Express. Not necessarily the Orient Express, Sato and Tanaka at WrestleMania uh, version that we saw, but I would prefer Kato and Tanaka, which was the Diamond ex uh, Exchange. No, Bad Company uh, from AWA. Uh, when they uh, were against each other at Royal Rumble. That match was incredible. Um, 
I don't see anything standing out as far as a match for Public Enemy that I would want to uh, go on YouTube or go to the WD Network to specifically see. But that match with Kato and Tanaka against the Rockers, I can when watch that. When the Nasty all. Boys took a half of a table and chucked it at one of their heads and got them right square in the back of the head and went right down. And that was WCW Saturday night, I believe. But that's about only one I can think of. But hey, there's exactly. one. So, yeah, and once again, that involved plunder. But, uh, and they were going against their carbon copy of each other. Um, so it's a tie right now. Rockers, uh, for me, are advancing. Public Enemy, are they going? Who's doing it, Steven? Oh, it's the Rockers. I can't stand Public Enemy. I just, I, if you take ECW out of it, because really it was just, let's see who can, not die wins the match i'm going rockers i just can't stand the plunder every match and they only held really you take their wcw eight days out all they ever had was ecw which wouldn't hold up no no they had other stuff I see NWA yeah. stuff here too, and I see oh, I generation that's huge. Mm-hmm. So now we're moving on to Harlem Heat versus Edging Christian. Good luck, Sean. You get to start it. This one is the hard one, as I said when we were uh, looking at uh, going into this uh, round. Um, yeah, I I love both tag teams. It's ah, so tough. My, I guess, saving grace on deciding which side goes uh, which is, I think, Harlem Heat traveled more. And they also, with being 10-time tag team champions in WCW versus seven-time tag team champions in WWE uh, or WWF, uh, Edge and Christian were around with the Hardys and the Hollies, uh, APA, and uh, the Dudleys. You look over at Harlem Heat, and they had the Steiners. They had the Face of Fears. They had uh, uh, Public Enemy. They had uh, Nasty Boys. They had so many tag teams, uh, Legion of Doom even. Just the comparison between the two uh, divisions – I have to give it to Harlem Heat. Um, you know, they survived having Robert Parker as their manager. Uh, had Sherry, and then we're with Jackie. Uh, they didn't break up either, uh, except for, a, well, they kind of did when Stevie went to the NWO, but they didn't really feud. They had, uh, was a big T uh, come in to be the new Harlem Heat. And anytime you put a new uh, in front of something or uh, it was Harlem Heat 2000, it's just horrible. Uh, so Harlem Heat, tag, 10-time tag team champions, I'm putting them ahead. Well, Jonesy, your vote's not going to count because I'm going Harlem Heat. Okay, Too much. Too many goal championships. Edge and Christian, great tag team, but they just didn't have the competition. 
Harlem Heat, like Sean said, missed a few, like the Outsiders. Um, I think uh, Vicious and Delicious at the time. Like they had so many, WCW had so much tag team depth. So I'm going Harlem Heat. But Jonesy, who would you were going to pick? Oh, it would have been Heat. Ooh, it's three zero. Sorry? So 3-0. You were going to yeah. Heat? They have one of the best entrance songs, in my opinion, as far as as soon as it begin, begins, you know, you know who it is. It sets the mood, the fire, their outfits, their look, their smash-mouthness. Um, they're just... And with Sister Sherry, they were just great. They were just fantastic. And the best lines ever on live TV. Yeah, you might want to ignore that part, Hulk Hogan. We're not going to repeat it, but if anyone wants to find it, you're just like. It's okay. Sherry three action. That's awesome. <laughs> no one can believe he just said that. Uh, so now it's going to be War Machine versus the Funks, and I get to start this one. Yeah. And I'm probably going to be the only vote for this team, but I'm going War Machine. I think Hanson and Rowe, two big guys, have wrestled so many great tag teams all over the world. The Young Bucks, uh, the world's greatest tag team, the Briscoes, the Addiction, the Kingdom, uh, Undisputed Era, um, Heavy Machinery, the Usos. The, they've just had too many. They have uh, so much talent, and they've traveled all around the world and won titles in New Japan, in WWE, in um, ROH. They've just got too much, and I'm going War Machine. Jones. Uh, for me, it's the Funks. Uh, the type of wrestling nowadays, you don't get cauliflower e ears as easy as you did back then. And uh, for me, cauliflower ears uh, trumps beautiful looking ears. Um, it's the Funks for me. <laughs> That's definitely some interesting uh, way of putting things. Um, yeah. Multi-time tag teams for each of these guys. A lot of gold on the line uh, being compared. War Machine traveled a lot of different places, have had a lot of more modern, obviously the modern tag team uh, style of wrestling. Um, they're respected all over the world. And you got the Funks, who basically were uh, mostly in the N NWA um, it was definitely a different style, maybe a little bit more hard, uh, potatoing and stuff like that. Where, as Chris said, you have the, uh, cauliflower ears and, you know, they had to do more kayfabe, uh, and make the business look as legitimate as possible. However, if I'm going to watch either of these teams, I'm going to go with the, War Raiders, War Machine, Viking Experience, whoever they want to be, advancing to the next round. So that might be your surprise, Stephen, but... 
So then we have, I think, and it's Jonesy gets the the Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus the Young Borings. Well, you know, I, I look at the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, and you know they they they're very they got they're similar as far as what they've won in that, but. To me, the, the Young Bucks are just a better team. I'd rather watch a Young Bucks match than most tag team matches in Japan, <laughs> um, not AEW. But uh, to me, the Bucks, you, you look at their resume, they've been everywhere. No matter where they go, they get the belts. And the only thing that they haven't done is gone to the WWF, but I don't think they need to. Uh, unless they want to make a, a different type of legacy for them. Uh, to me, the Bucks are just, they're a great team. They're not big guys, but they can do stuff in the ring that a lot of other tag teams just have never dared even do. Um, and I think the Bucks can have a great match with, with anybody. Uh, for me, it's the Bucks. Uh, yeah, Young Bucks, uh, a lot of traveling. That was my criteria for uh, War Machine to uh, pick it up. But you're also talking about 32 tag team championships. Like, how, how can you deny 32 titles at the same time? Uh, I didn't total up all the Young Bucks stuff, I honestly will say, but... I gotta go with uh, the Andersons uh, picking this up because 32 titles, they were uh team before with uh, Gene had that and then the legacy continued when Ole brought in Arn. The name... No, we're, not talking Anderson, to, we're not talking about the Arn years, though. No, but the name Anderson stands out and that was due to those years from 1969 to 1981, that it was established by Gene and Oli. And 32 tag team titles. I got to go with the Andersons. Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Now, do I eliminate the Young Bucks just because I want to throw punch them and they. Or do I go with the best tag team? I think we have to uh, be honest, not. Uh, Go with our Jim Cornette influence, but if that's how you actually feel, then that's a different story. Young Bucks are moving on. We are, we are trying to be comparing resumes over images. Don't get me wrong; I've watched the Young Bucks in Japan, and I love them. They're just pissing me off here, so I'm moving the Young Bucks on just because. They are would be the better tag team. If I had to find something on TV, I would watch the Young Bucks over the Minnesota Wrestling Crew for Gene and Oli. Um, so round two had the Midnight Rockers beat Public Enemy 2-1. Harlan Newton, Edge and Christian 3-0, which I was surprised it was 3-0. Um, War Machine probably had the biggest upset, beat the Funks 2-1. And the Young Bucks beat... Minnesota Wrecking Crew 2-1. Sean, surprises, thoughts? 
Uh, surprised that you did advance the uh, Young Bucks. But uh, the four teams that are uh, going into the finals are uh, quite the amazing teams uh, when you look at them. Uh, and we have, like, different eras because definitely uh, the Young Bucks and War Machine are current, but Harlem Heat uh, dominated the 90s. Rockers were uh, dominant in the 80s, uh, late 80s. So, yeah, it can go anywhere, it looks like, at this moment. Jonesy, any thoughts? I'm I, I'm glad that you've seen the light in, in the Bucks. I mean, uh, Lars and Gene were great, but everything they did was NWA. It, it just came down to them them not traveling. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I even like I have here that Minnesota they had the the uh, tag team of the year twice. So did the Young Bucks. I mean, there's a, a lot of similarities as far as the resume, except where else have you been? So in the semis, we're going to have the Midnight Rockers versus Harlem Heat, War Machine versus Balding Buck and Roadwire Buck. Any any thoughts on the semis? Why, why, why do you call them the Road Warrior Buck? <laughs> Um, because if you follow Jim Cornette's podcast, he calls him Road Warrior Buck and Balding oh, okay. Buck because road, he always um, acts like he's a road warrior, doesn't sell anything, pops right oh. back up. This is a new thing for them in AEW because it wasn't never like this in New Japan. This mm-hmm. is a – they decided that because they're booking, they can become the road warriors basically. Oh. Um. Uh, any thoughts on the semifinals, guys? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't know how it's going to shake out looking at these uh, four teams. I have an idea, but we'll have to see if it plays out. Jonesy, any thoughts on the semis? My my picks are easy. I'm ready to go. I'm ready, too. I've been ready since. So we're going to start with... Sean. I yeah, I think this one's two really great tag teams. I love both the Midnight Rockers or the Rockers uh, and Harlem Heat. But um, as I explained earlier in the uh, show when we first started the whole thing, the Rockers only uh, lasted from 85 to 92 when Marty tried to jump through the uh, barbershop window. Uh not very successful being put together since. Even with the asterisks, it's not enough to compare to 10 tag team uh, championship uh, titles, not to mention everything else they won before going to WCW. Uh, Harlem Heat is moving on in my uh, thoughts. Steven. Oh, this one was actually really easy. This is it's Harlem Heat. They two men championships. Um, this was easy. Jonesy. Oh, Harlem Heat. Yeah, that's it's a fairly easy one. The next one we have War Machine versus the Young Bucks. This is easy. I've seen them actually match up in ROH and New Japan. I'm going War Machine, and not even just out of the sheer hate of the Young Bucks right now. Hanson and Rowe, two big guys who can move like 
small guys, strong, athletic, um, traveled the world. They've done it on the big stage, um, whether that's New Japan, WWE, ROH, where the Young Bucks are missing that big stage championship. They've got IWGP and ROH, but they're missing that next step. They don't have the next step yet. So I'm going War Machine. Jones? If I'm going resume, it's the Bucks. And that's about all I can say on that. Because I haven't seen the other team very much. So I leave it as a, a up to you, uh, Sean. Uh, who do you want to advance? Even though I personally, I, I think it's ridiculous that the War Machines are in the third round of this tournament. Well, but it will change who I vote for if, if the War Machines get through. Oh, because you expected obviously the Funks to uh, make it to the uh, semifinals. No, I well, I expect I expected the Bucks to win the whole thing. When I when I went through and added up, I have a system. So, um, the Young Bucks were the only one that that rated higher than anyone else. The only other one that came close to them was Harlem Heat. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'm looking at both their uh, resumes. Hearing both your arguments uh, on either side, Stephen and uh, Chris, and I think also my own feelings at this moment in time, would I, I want to see a Viking Raiders match or would I want to see a Young Bucks match? And the Young Bucks currently do not have that great of competition they are very green who they've surrounded themselves with, with the exception of FTR and maybe SoCal Uncensored. But everything else is very green and not ready for prime time. Um, then you go to uh, WWE and seeing the Viking Raiders against the Usos, against the New Day, uh, you know, the Street Profits. I'd rather it's see Let's not it, honestly for me it came down to the Viking Raiders have done it, have won championships in on a major promotion where the Young Bucks haven't. They no WWE championships, no AEW championships. They just they haven't taken it to the next level yet, which they should have. Yeah. And regardless, at the same time, even if they put their straps on themselves in AEW, they would get then the Triple H uh, moniker of pushing yourself. Uh, and so they're in a win, uh, a lose-lose situation, really. Uh, that's the problem when you have active talent booking uh, things. That's what we saw when Kevin Nash was uh, booking in WCW and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, currently, if I were to want to watch a match of theirs today, I would be the uh, Viking Raiders war machine today over wanting to see a Young Bucks match. So war machine is advancing. So in the semifinals, we had Harlem Heat beat the Midnight Rockers 3-0. And war machine beat the Young Bucks 2-1. But if you really are big, Jonesy would like it. Go watch Young Bucks Viking Raiders in um, 
or War Machine in New Japan or in our age, and you'd be impressed. I think you would like um, War Machine in the ROH days. So in the finals, we have Harlem Heat versus War Machine. Anything? I'm not really surprised about um, this. I know I'm kind of surprised War Machine's made it through, but they kind of got an easy draw in the first round. And then, so I'm not, I'm not surprised about Harlem Heat making it through. I can't yeah, see like, anyone being surprised about Harlem Heat making it through. I expected Harlem Heat to make it through to at least this stage. Did not know who was going to come out of the bottom uh, section. Jonesy? So could anybody have beaten the Colossal Connection? <laughs> Maybe the North? <laughs> oh, I think any... Colossal Connection probably beats the Dream Team, Dark Family, and that's about it in the first round. Maybe the Natural Disasters. Maybe. That would have been, like, one of those... But I'm not really surprised about um, where we are, but... Okay, in the finale, we're going to have Harlem Heat versus War Machine. And Jonesy, you get to start it. Harlem Heat has the legacy. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's Harlem Heat. I've said everything I can about Harlem Heat. Um, War Machine, again, I look at the resume. Yeah, they've done good for themselves. They've been in, uh, uh, I think, three major promotions. My thing just shut off here. Um, but the, the, the only thing that holds back the Heat is they didn't travel a lot outside of their WCW realm uh, once they got the WCW. So for me, Heat is the one I would rather see go against the other two teams than the War Machines. I think the Heat have a much better chance of beating the other guys than the War Machines would. So that is partly why. Uh, and I picked them um, to go until the Young Bucks. So I just... I, I got to go with the other team, not because they knocked my team out, but uh, I just think Heat's the better, the better team. So here, I might as well put it up right now. My vote. You get a hit home run for Harlem Heat. Uh, we are talking about the greatest team of all time uh, at the moment. Um, War Machine, Viking Raiders. They have a lot more to go. I'm surprised that they made it as far as they did. Uh, this is probably the furthest any current uh, active team has made it. But when a lot of stuff we're looking at, we're looking at people's past because the teams are no longer together. You see the other three teams that are already in the finals now being joined by Harlem Heat. All of them have had career from beginning to finish. War Raiders still have longer. If we were to do this again in a year or two years and people, more teams have ended, then maybe they've uh, got more success than the four teams that are already into the finals or the shuffling of the deck uh, happens differently. 
you know, and we have a different foursome in the uh, finals. But Viking Raiders making it as far as they did, it's impressive for a current active team. Harlem Heat, 10-time tag team champions, along with everything else before going to uh, WCW, their WWE uh, Hall of Famers, can't deny the heat. Steven? We're talking one of the greatest tag teams around, probably top five to seven. How do you deny the Harlem Heat? They're, they've slot right in there with the top four that we're going to see, um, which would be um, Midnight Express versus Dudley's Rock and Roll versus Harlem Heat, which will be insane. Yeah. These, these four teams, it's going to be an interesting um, finale. Yeah. Uh, not really sure how these break down past. It's just, I mean, it's it's insane that we're going to have these four teams and we're going to have to try to determine who's the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah, and we only have a few hours to go because at 10 o'clock, right after AEW, we're uh, doing Scumbags Wrestling, completing this final four, talking about payback, and, uh, yeah, everything else that's uh, going to happen on the news. But, oh, and also previewing uh, All Out happening on Saturday. But this is our final four. Jonesy, your thoughts on it before we get to it later on tonight? Uh, got some thinking to do in the next uh, few hours. In yeah. few hours, meaning three or more. That's correct, because we are about 7.30-ish when people are going to finish uh, watching this. Um, so hopefully you enjoy AEW Dynamite tonight, and see you at 10 o'clock. Anything you guys want to plug before that? Joan, the, the trivia challenge? Uh, sure, the wrestling trivia game show challenge is uh, every Monday there is a new uh, episode. Um, right now, Sean is our uh, champion, and we'll see if he can uh, win again. Uh, if you would like to play, please get a hold of us. We need players, uh, really, for, for it to work. Um, so uh, if not, I'll have to dust off my puppets and uh, get some new contestants going. That should be interesting. So, yeah, I hope people uh, step up to the challenge. Uh, you have a Facebook uh, page that people can reach you at, and also they can reach uh, us through the Scumbags Wrestling uh, page on Facebook. I guess one last thing before we do check out is what Steven has on right now. Want to tell us about that, Steven? Well, this is the new Scumbag of Wrestling uh, T-shirt. Uh, you contact Sean for one of these through Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. All the along the bottom. All the proceeds go to Steven's Wrestling Journeys. Um, donation to Sick Kids Hospital, and I'm not going to pronounce what he said, 
what it is because I'll butcher it and I don't want to, but it's got 20 of the, is it 20 or 24? 22. 22 of the top Ontario independent wrestlers. Um, so it's very comfortable when Sean gets the sizing right and uh, get yours now. And there's a poster, which is $15. Yep. Uh, poster is $15. It's a 11 by 17 uh, size. Same as you get uh, basically with any uh, independent wrestling uh, organizations posters. Um, so you can get uh, frames for, I believe, at Michael's. Those are $15 each. And the t-shirts are $30. And zero profit is coming to the Scumbags Wrestling. It's all going to Six Kids Hospital in Toronto. Uh, supporting Stephen's uh, wrestling journey, uh, Kiri malformation uh, research, and uh, yeah, definitely get it. Independent wrestling is starting to uh, pop back up in Ontario. You don't want to go back wearing some of your old gear. Uh, show up wearing one of these new shirts and impress everybody, and also know that you gave to a good cause. So we're going to check out of here, and uh, we're going to uh, see you at 10 o'clock for our review of Payback, the final four of this uh, bracket, and we'll even give a preview of what we're coming up with next when we return with Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Till next time, see ya.